free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Stick around. Let's talk about it. Houston, we have a problem. Habemos papan. Podcasting from a parking lot in the Woodlands, Texas, it's the Catholic Hack with Joe McClain. Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. 1 Peter 3.15 Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. The Church of the Living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. 1 Timothy 3.15 Do this in memory of Welcome back to the Catholic Hack. I'm Joe McLean, and this is episode number 67. And today we are free at last. We have a lot of catching up to do. There's so much stuff that I need to share with you. It's been about two weeks since my last show, and I do apologize for the delay, but it has been a very, very busy time. So, without further ado, let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and in grace and in humility, we beg your grace and mercy upon us. And I offer up this podcast to you, Father, and I ask that your Holy Spirit rain down upon it, that your words be said, not mine, that your glory be served, not mine, that your will be had, not mine. Father, this is yours, so I give it to you. May it be done according to your will. I pray for the intentions that were given to me to pray, specifically for, specifically for a gentleman up in Watertown, New York, who was involved in a hit-and-run accident. Father, we trust him into your hands, and I pray for him. May you have mercy. I pray for all those who lost their lives in that tragic bus accident here in Texas just this last week. O Heavenly Father, may you have mercy. May your grace be with those family members who are coping with such great loss, who are struggling to see through this and to see your love. Father, I pray for this grace. I pray for the war that is now raging in Georgia and Eastern Europe and for the loss of life that will be incurred, the blood that will be shed. God, have mercy. Bring peace. Let peace reign in the hearts of men. Send forth your angels, your saints on earth to show the peace of Christ. I pray for Roland and his family down in San Antonio, who recently took his par- his bar exam, Father, and I pray that that if, if it is your will that he would have passed that bar exam for your glory and for the provision of his family. So I ask, I ask, Father, I pray that you take care of him. I pray for China, Father, for China and the oppression that goes on in that country daily. I pray for all the Chinese people. Father, help them to know you, to love you. Put an end to the abortion in that country and the oppression. I pray for this grace. I pray for all women who are pregnant and their babies, that God will rain down abundant graces and protection 
with her family. I pray for my family and all of our special intentions. I pray for my work, Fullness of Truth, and the upcoming conference. God, have mercy on this conference. May it be for your glory alone. May it be a success in your eyes, and may it be deemed worthy. I pray for this grace. I pray for all the listeners of this podcast. May your grace, Father, abound in their lives daily. I pray for an end to abortion everywhere. And I also pray especially for the upcoming election in this country. Oh, Heavenly Father, send forth a saint, someone who can really help us to put an end to the culture of death in this country, to do your work for your glory alone. Send us a pro-life candidate, Father. I seek this, your grace and your mercy. I pray for the intercession of our Blessed Lady, O Holy Mary, Mother of God. Please whisper the names of all the listeners of this podcast into the ear of your Son. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Today we're going to talk about slavery. We're talking about slavery to sexual addiction, to pornography, to lust. I have a lot of experience in this, and I want to share that with you. But before we begin, I want to share with you a track from Last Day. Check it out. It sits there She's 
The track is called Calling in the Night, and the group is called Last Day. If you like what you hear, do me a favor and go online and check it out, www.lastdayonline.com. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's dive deep and let's get into the truth about sexual addiction. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This fool when I sit, even just a little bit, I get hit with the power that made the veil in the temple split. When I submit, fall on the floor and the door. Can't get enough, got to come back for some more. Hey, we've got a problem here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace to you, and peace from our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Paragraph 2339 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, Chastity includes an apprenticeship in self-mastery, which is a training in human freedom. The alternative is clear. Either man governs his passions and finds peace, or he lets himself be dominated by them, it becomes unhappy. Man's dignity, therefore, requires him to act out of conscience and free choice, as moved and drawn in a personal way from within, and not by blind impulses in himself or by mere external constraint. Man gains such dignity when ridding himself of all slavery to the passions. 
He presses forward to his goal by freely choosing what is good and by his diligence and skill effectively secures for himself the means suited to this end. I thought that was a great paragraph to start our discussion today about sexual addiction, about pornography. I myself have been addicted to pornography for decades. For over 21 years, I was totally engulfed in pornography. Could never get enough of it. But boy, did I ever try. I discovered pornography somewhere between the age of 9, 10, somewhere in there. A friend of mine and I, we found a, uh, a dirty magazine somewhere, I think on the side of the road, and we, we were hoarding it until my friend, he took it to school and got busted with it. And then he went and told the, the principal that I gave it to him. <laughs> so we were both in trouble. But that was the start of a very dark, dark road that I traveled down. And it, it was ugly at times. And I think many of you can relate to that. I think there are so many men. There are women too, but surely I think we all know that the vast majority of people who suffer with this are men. And there are so many men who are suffering with this right now who don't tell anybody about what they're going through and who are desperately trying to keep this an absolute secret from their wives, co-workers, parents, you name it. Let me tell you something. I know what you're going through. I know what you're thinking. I know what goes on in your mind and in your heart. People who are addicted to pornography and sexual temptations, they have no idea what it means to truly and perfectly love. They have no idea what happiness is like because all they do is search and search and search for satisfaction and never, ever, ever find it. You see, every single time when you indulge yourself in that pornographic filth and you maybe gratify yourself, you never truly find gratification. You never find satisfaction. In fact, what you're left with in the end of every single time is shame. Oh, I know. I've been there. And it never satisfies, ever. And so you look for worse and worse. You, you have to find more vulgar images, more graphic images, more explicit material, all in hopes of satisfying that, that itch, but it never does get scratched. So it's a vortex. It's sucking you down further and further and further, and it only gets worse and worse and worse. And so, like I said, I spent decades going through life thinking that to truly love a woman was to to act like what I the what I saw on this material whether it was video or print or whatever that was my idea of love that was my approach to to finding a a, a mate <laughs> to loving another person how how messed up is that how faulty is that just i think even even the average person can recognize how that video represents the absolute opposite of true love. But it didn't matter. I always rationalized my behavior. I would always say, well, you know, I was born a sexual being. We're all sexual beings, so it must be okay. It's only love, right? We're just loving one another, right? <laughs> Let me tell you the damage that's caused 
as a result of that. You see, Satan, he is no dummy. He knows how to destroy a society. Oh, it's very simple. All you have to do is destroy man. Get him to lust. Get him to to engulf himself in his own desires. And what happens? Well, you know, Humani Vitae, 40 years ago, nailed this to the wall as almost a prophetic statement that we would devalue women. We would not build them up. If we, if we allow women to contracept the way we have, well, we are not going to... You're not going to hold them up in higher esteem. We're going to tear them down into lower esteem. That's exactly what's happened. And that's what the devil is doing. You see, he's got men looking at women as if they are not human persons. Let me tell you, that's exactly what I struggled with for the longest time. Women were not human persons. That sounds silly. I get it. Trust me, I do. But that's what happens in the mind of a man who suffers from sexual addiction. He looks at women like they're commodities, like they're Coke cans. And when he's done drinking them, he crumbles them up and throws them away. Instead of made in the image and likeness of God Almighty. Something to be cherished, not something to be consumed. And so the devil gets men into that mode. And then what happens? As a result, we start using women. And then women who are desperate for, for love and acceptance from a man find themselves being used and allowing themselves being used. And so we have a whole generation. We have many generations now, but we have a whole culture that's engulfed in pornographic lifestyle, the culture of death. So Satan has effectively torn down man, torn down woman, and destroyed countless souls now through abortion and contraception, you know, conceiving outside of marriage. I mean, the, the, the effects are endless. They just go on and on and on. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2339, which we just read, tells us very clearly that we have to rid ourselves of this slavery. That's why I declare that today we are free at last free at last. Thank God Almighty we are free at last. That's exactly how I felt when in the spring of 2002 I got down on my knees and I said, God, I cannot do this. I give it to you. And in that moment, in that moment, for the first time in decades, he allowed me to understand that I must maintain my sexual integrity. It was it was an epiphany. It was a moment of clarity. I cannot begin to describe to you how my mind switched in an instant. It really was miraculous. God made me, allowed me to understand that I could no longer allow lust to rule my life, that I must rid myself of that slavery, just as the paragraph in the Catechism says. And that Jesus Christ, you see, I can, as I've said, shared before, I remember sitting in RCIA class a couple of years before that moment, hearing the Beatitudes as they were being read to me and talking and discussing the Beatitudes. And I remember sitting there in that RCIA class thinking to myself, there is no way I could live those out. It's impossible. I know exactly what I was up to. I was big into into addiction, to pornographic addiction, sexual addiction, sexual licentiousness sexual license 
I knew exactly what I was into, and I knew, and I was being honest with myself, that I could not live out those Beatitudes. And I thought, wow, it's a good thing I've got a lot of time, because hopefully it'll all come together before it's too late. That's exactly what I thought. And then, on that spring day in 2002, when God allowed the wolf to be pulled from my eyes and so that I can see that I needed sexual integrity. And he gave me the hunger in my heart to go and search for that. I realized in that instant that I am now free to live out the Beatitudes. You see, before I was a slave, I was a slave to addiction and therefore I was not free. But now God has allowed me to see that I am free to live out the Beatitudes. Jesus Christ has come to set us free. And that is where we begin. That's the starting place of how we become free from this slavery. There are many verses that we could turn to to discuss this issue, but there are two passages that have special significance to me. I call them the twin fives, Matthew 5 and Ephesians 5. And let's start with Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, our Lord Jesus is is telling us, he says in verse 27, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, I'll stop right there. That was crucial for me. I've heard that verse many times before, but I always denied it. I always tried to rationalize it in some way. But the plain words of our Lord need to be heard plainly and clearly. Jesus is sitting there, and what he's doing, and Pope Benedict XVI in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, chapter 4, really brings this out. Jesus is showing that he is the Torah, because what he's referring to there, when he says, you have heard that it was said, he's referring to the Torah that Moses gave, the law that Moses gave to the people. Jesus is telling them now, He is the law. He's taking on special authority here, authority that no other rabbi would have dared to have taken. And so Jesus is taking this on. He says, you have heard it was said, but I tell you that if you so much as lust after a woman in your heart, you are guilty of adultery. And men, aren't we doing that all the time? Aren't we watching the television in lust? Aren't we driving down the road looking at the billboards in lust or checking out at the grocery store in lust or in the office with other women you know, who, who might be co-workers in lust or women walking down the street or at the gym or at the restaurant? You name it. Are we checking ourselves? Are we checking our eyes? Are we checking our heart each and every time? That's the first, that's the starting spot. So, If I'm going to tell you, give you a a recipe to get out of slavery, step one, admit that you are addicted to this pornography, to this sexual addiction. Admit it. Don't just say, well, that thing. Don't be ambiguous about it or coy. Come out and nail it to the tree. Nail it to the cross. I am addicted to pornography. That's step one. Step two realize that you are not beyond the veil of reconciliation, that your shame is not so bad that God will not forgive you. 
You see, your father is waiting. He's waiting for you. He cannot wait to receive you back home again. If you merely come to him, he will restore you to dignity. Just like the father and his prodigal son, our Lord tells us that the father was waiting for us and looking for him on the road. And when he saw them, he ran out to him and then he embraced him and he and he put clothes on him and put shoes on his feet and put a ring on his finger and killed the fatted calf. He's restoring his son to complete dignity as a son of the father. And so your father in heaven is there waiting and he's watching for you on the road and he sees you. And if you come to him, he will come and meet you and he will restore you to dignity. So step two is come to your father in confession. Confess your sins. Nail it to the cross. I am addicted to pornography. I am addicted to sexual temptation and lust and desire. Nail it. Speak it clearly and loudly. Don't hide from it anymore. Your shame only exists when you indulge in that nonsense. It's time to be set free from it. Accept it. Say it like it is. Go to confession. Step three. Step three is to fight every every single area of lust. Now, you see, there are many pathways. There are many doors of lust that are open to you in your life. And you need, now need to shut these doors. You need to close off these pathways. You need to fight like it's like it's your life is dependent upon it because it is because you have to make a choice here. Do you choose the wide road to hell? Do you choose the narrow path to heaven? Do you take up your cross and do you follow your Lord? Or do you go by the way of the masses, down the road of perdition? These are choices that we must make. Because believe you me, God is everything pure. And we cannot be united to God in all eternity by being everything but pure. (laughs) It's just that simple. It comes down to, to that kind of common sense. And so Jesus here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, like I said, tells us just this very message. If you lust after a woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery. He goes on to tell us, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away because it is better that you lose one of your members than all your whole body be thrown into hell. You see, he's telling us we have to make the choice. He's not literally wanting you to pluck out an eye or cut off an arm. He's trying to get you to understand the severity of the the choice that needs to be made. Hell or heaven, your choice, you do as you wish. He's not going to make a slave out of you. He's not going to force you into anything. You are free to choose. What will it be? What say you? And so step three is cut off all the doors, all the pathways to lust into your life. Are you masturbating? Stop right away. Do it no more. Are you indulging in TV that's pretty risque? Maybe it's even just MTV or VH1 or the other 252,000 stations on the 
TV that are, you know, can't seem to find a way to sell any product without uh, a scantily clad woman involved. I just don't understand. But, you know, it seems like today everything must, you know, must use sex to sell everything. Much like an alcoholic who cannot hang out in bars anymore, you cannot frequent places, things, attitudes that are going to be near occasions of sin for you. So maybe that TV is too much. Maybe you need to turn it off. It's better to not watch television than to go into hell having watched all the television in the world. Is the computer the problem? And by and large, the computer is a problem. It was for me. It was for me. I used that computer like a gateway to hell so often. Make a choice. Who do you love more? Your wife? God? Or your own need and desire to indulge in that filth? Make the choice. What's more important? That you go into hell having used that computer to its max potential, never having let go of it? Or that you have decided to never get on that thing again? The, the decision can become that extreme. It doesn't always necessarily have to be, but it can become that extreme. I, I can tell you that we had to make some pretty drastic decisions, and it took a long time before I could be trusted, even trust myself, let alone have my wife trust me, that I could use technology appropriately. It took a long time. And so if you're like that, Make the radical choice. Make the radical choice. That computer better be in a public place. Never be on a computer by yourself in private, ever. Be in a public place. Make sure there's software filtering off the filth. Make sure your spouse has the password and the administrative control over it and that you don't, so that you need permission from your spouse to be on the computer in a public place. If Jesus Christ cannot sit with you while you're on that computer, you've got no business being on that computer. Same thing goes with the television. Can your little kids, do you have little kids, can they be there with you when, when you're doing that? You need to ask yourself that because if they can't, then you have no business being there. And you need to not do it. Those are major inroads of lust in your life. Masturbation, the TV, the computer. What about the woman walking down the street who's scantily clad, or the billboards, or the magazines at the grocery stores? Learn to avert your eyes. If we're going to overcome vice, we need to practice the virtue. And so we need to practice the virtue of chastity and purity. And so if we encounter people in our lives, in our daily existence, who are going to be near occasions of sin for us, we must learn to combat that. Overt your eyes. Turn your eyes away. Do not stare. Do not indulge in that. You're going to be tempted. There's no question of that. You now bear a cross that you realize is a cross. Jesus Christ is telling you, pick up your cross and march on Calvary. Follow him. Be his disciple. Overt your eyes. Now I can tell you, when I in 2002, when I went through this and God revealed you know, sexual integrity to me and I, I went down this road and I was really excited to, uh, to start to fight this and I stopped all the impurity, I stopped the pornography, I stopped the masturbation, I stopped all of these things. 
Well, it was very hard to be in the same room as other women. I was, you know, breaking out in sweats at some point, and, and I had to work my way through that. That was temptation. All of that, those years of, you know, indulging in, in all that filth really has a, a traumatic psychological effect. And it doesn't go away overnight. It requires discipline and work. But what is better, that you go into heaven ever after having worked really hard? Or that you go into hell having never worked at all? And so I urge you, to pray through every single moment of temptation. Every time there's a woman in your path and you feel the, the urge, the desires of sexual lust and temptation, start to pray a Hail Mary. Invoke our Blessed Lady and, and ask her intercession. I just pray right through it. I just pray the Hail Mary right through it. And when I first started doing this, I would pray literally all day. But you know what? It worked every time because every time the devil would attack me and I would invoke Our Lady, it would dissipate so quick. Even if it came back right away after, you know, with another episode, I would just pray a Hail Mary, work my way through it. If I had to remove myself from the room, I would. Absolutely. Get up, move. Do what you got to do. Pray your way through it right now. Pray your way through it. So you've got to close off the doors. You've got to avert your eyes. You've got to pray your way through it. And I really, really emphasize the power of our Blessed Lady in helping men overcome sexual addiction. It's so important. I also want to encourage you to carry sacramentals on you. Carry sacramentals. I carry a holy card of St. Joseph in my wallet at all times because he was the model of fatherhood and sacrifice. You know, this is a man who didn't have relations with his his wife our blessed lady instead he gave of himself he sacrificed of himself to be the model husband to be the model father to care and protect for our lord and our blessed lady so maybe your life will require some sacrifice from here on out because of the choices that you've made well maybe saint joseph can help you work through some of those sacrifices Maybe he can help you bear that cross. Which leads me to Ephesians 5. And St. Paul gives us the model. He, he emphasizes this point in Ephesians 5, telling us that our model as men is Christ. You know, how are we to act in our relationship? Like Christ. How are we to act like with all of our struggles in this world? Just like Christ. He tells us in Ephesians 5 that we are to be children of of light. It starts in verse 8. It says, Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is a shame even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. You know, he goes on in this whole paragraph, this whole chapter is really, really, really powerful. And so what I recommend to a lot of men is to read Ephesians 5 no less than 10 times when you first start this journey. 
focus. Meditate on Matthew 5 and Ephesians 5. Read Ephesians 5 like 10 times over and over. Just let it soak in and, and dwell upon it and meditate upon it. Why? Because you need to really hear our uh, beloved St. Paul telling us what it means to be a man is to be like Christ. And what is Christ doing here? Sacrifice. What does Christ do for his bride? He's nailed to a tree for his bride. What should we then do but sacrifice? So as men who are addicted to pornography, we can focus on the cross. We can focus on the passion of our Lord and really meditate upon it and get out of it what we need to understand for ourselves. We need to sacrifice ourselves. We need to put we need to nail to that cross all that we personally desire and give it all up and give it all over for our spouses. But maybe you're a single man. You're called to the same thing. You're still called to sacrifice. You're still called to be a man because a man is made in the image and likeness of God and Jesus Christ is our model and that's the image. It's the cross. It's the sacrifice. It's the passion. So this is the roadmap to true freedom. Freedom from slavery of sexual addiction. Admit it. Nail it to the tree. The tree of life. It will set you free. So take this pornography, claim it, own it, and nail it to the cross. Confess it to our Lord God in the confessional and let him tell you so that you may hear the words through the mouth of the priest that he will use that day to say that he absolves you of your sins. You are absolved. You are forgiven. You are reconciled. You will be restored to the true dignity that you were created in. What a gift we have in the sacrament of confession. Make choices. Choose all purity to be children of light or children of darkness. Ephesians 5 makes that clear to us. Don't be imitators of those that do things in secret in their shamefulness, he says. Make the choice. If you, uh, Matthew 5, our Lord tells us, make the choice. Pluck out your eye or go to hell with it. It's on you. I'm not going to force you. It's all about you, buddy. So make the choice. And once you've made the choice that I love God more than I love my lust, I love my spouse more than I love my lust, I love myself more than I love my lust, therefore I, I will get rid of the computer if necessary, the TV if necessary. I will stop listening to secular radio stations that glorify the use of women as commodities instead of human beings. I will stop frequenting business establishments that continue to devalue the dignity of personhood. You know, we can't drive down the street without seeing billboards with scantily clad women on them. Can't check out of the grocery store without, without that effect. Can't go into a convenience store without being inundated and bombarded with images of women in bathing suits to sell what? Fluid? <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Is that the dignity of women? Is that what woman is all about? If we were half the men that Christ was, we would never stand for that. We would never stand for that. 
We men would be out protesting abortion mills. We men would be out protesting dance strip clubs and and, and DVD uh, sales stores and all this other stuff. We would put an end to that if we were half the men that Christ is. So, brother, there is freedom to be had. And it's on you. The choice is yours. Get on your knees right now. And let go and let God. Give all of this sin over to God and let him have it. Go to confession. Confess your sin. Receive absolution. And believe it. Study your faith. Read Ephesians 5 over and over again. Read Matthew 5 over and over again. Study your catechism. You've spent so much time filling your brain full of filth. It's now time to fill it full of the truth the beauty, the fullness of truth, the Catholic faith. So study, study, study. Overt your eyes. Close all doorways and pathways of lust into your life. Stop masturbating. Leave the room if you have to. Do what you must. Always pray your way through the the temptation. Evoke our Blessed Lady to help you and intercede for you through every single temptation. Don't let a single temptation go. Fight every single one. Never allow it to take possession of your attention. Pray your way through it. Allow our Blessed Lady to get you out of it. Use sacramentals. Keep a holy card. Keep the rosary on you. Keep a precious medal. Keep some holy water on you. Use sacramentals to help you with this struggle. Take up your cross and follow your Lord daily. Because he has come to set you free, and you are now free at last. Catholic Hack News and Views. Where are you now? I'm sitting in my office. I doubt that. Why would you doubt that? If you were in your office right now, we'd be having this conversation face to face. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last installment of the Catholic Hack. I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate your patience and bearing with me through all of the delays and all the things going on. It's really been important for me to know that you guys are still supporting. And uh, I've received many emails and and, uh, various encouragements through Twitter and Facebook and Formarks and 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 all kinds of things. And I really appreciate that. You know, uh, this last couple of weeks, there's just been so much going on in our family The biggest news of which is we're pregnant. That's right. Praise God. Yes, please pray for my wife and for my family as we uh, cannot wait to meet yet another McLean and bring them into the family. My gut tells me it's going to be a little baby girl, which is going to be great. But uh, we'll see. I'll try to keep you up to date with how that goes. But also, the Lord has blessed us abundantly. He allowed us to finally sell our home in New Hampshire. It was on the market for a year and a half, and we've been down here in Texas waiting patiently for that house to sell so we could finally look for a new home for ourselves. And so that happened a couple of weeks ago. We finally sold our home. Well, we thought, okay, here we go. Now we can take the long process, the next step in looking for a home for ourselves. Well, that kind of went a little different than we expected. We... um, found a home and now we're about to buy that home <laughs> we've put down some down a down payment and uh, signed a contract within like a week within like a, a couple of days from finding the home 
we we decided to do this. We felt kind of uh, weird about the process and pressured, but at the same time, we felt like we put this into God's hands to lead us to the right home, and we think this was it. It's a brand new home. It's not even finished with construction, so we're pretty excited about the opportunity to uh, sort of upgrade some things like carpet and and uh, countertops, things of that nature, and still get a very good price for it. So we feel God has blessed us abundantly here yet again, but it's sort of a whirlwind. We've spent the last year and a half living with relatives in in a sort of a one-room situation, and now we're going into our own home again. So we're very, very excited and still sort of anxious about this so we could really use your prayers for that. We still have the uh, upcoming conference with Fullness of Truth, the Arlington Convention Center, August 23rd and 24th with Dr. Scott Hahn, Dr. Brant Petrie, Michael Barber, Steve Ray, Eric Jenis. And now I think we're going to bring Doug Berry in from Radix. So it's going to be a great time. If you're anywhere near this, I really want you to come. I think you're really going to get a lot out of this. I mean, these guys are like, you know, rock stars when it comes to biblical scholarship. And I guarantee you, you will not leave there unimpressed. You will just be floored with the kind of scholarship and the kind of uh, knowledge that you're going to walk away from this. It will just really, really be good. So I want to encourage everybody to not only help me get the word out about this, because we're now down to the last couple of weeks, but also to come and to you know hang out with me and, and, uh, and learn from these great, great scholars. I think you really will enjoy that. I also want to share my excitement over a new endeavor that uh, Josh LeBlanc and I are going down. Josh LeBlanc has a radio show on Radio Maria out in Louisiana that he calls Finding Your Keys. He's had this now for a while, but Josh is allowing me to be a guest host from uh, time to time. I've been on there twice now so far, uh, really enjoying it. It's on Thursday nights at 6.30 Central Time to 7.30 Central Time. And so I want you to check that out. It's called Finding Your Keys on Radio Maria, and I, there will be a link on the blog so that you can listen live. We're going to have some special guests. We tried to set up Jerry Usher this last week. We had a lot of technical difficulties, and sort of it fell through, unfortunately. But we're going to make up for that, and we're going to get some great guests on there and have some great conversation. And so I really would love for your input and your feedback and for you to tune in. So check that out. It's called Finding Your Keys on Radio Maria. Check out the link on the blog. You know, nobody's taken me up on my free T-shirt giveaway either. Not sure why that is, but it seems to be that everybody's having trouble finding the verses in the Old Testament that support or point to, that allude to, the Trinity. Right there in the Old Testament. In fact, in the temple. That was the clue, the temple. And so I'm going to put this out there one more time because this is so juicy that really everybody should be researching this. I'm going to give you a little hint so that you can, you know, maybe make this a little easier on you. But at the first person to give me a call at 713-568-6277, they can tell me where in the Old Testament and what are the verses, the images that I'm looking for that point that allude to the Trinity in the Old Testament right there in the temple. Then I'll give you a free Catholic Hack t-shirt. I'll send it to you absolutely free of charge. That's 713-568-6277. The, the hint that I, I'm going to give you here, this, this is just like practically doing the work for you. 
but go to singinginthe-rain.blogspot.com and sort of poke around. Let's just say it like that. But uh, I'm telling you, you're going to love this. This is really, really great stuff. And I think you will not be disappointed. So please, do yourself a favor. Forget about the shirt. Do yourself a favor. Roll up your sleeves and dive deep on this one. This will empower you when you have discussions with Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or anybody else who might deny the Trinity of our Lord. One God, three persons. You're going to love that. So check that out. For everybody else who doesn't really want to do the homework but wants a Catholic Hack t-shirt, please stop by the blog at www.catholichack.com. And there you can pick up a shirt. I've also sort of revamped my uh, main website, www.joemcclain.com, where you can also pick up my shirt, shop in my bookstore, and uh, as well as check out some of my favorite links. So check that out. That's joemcclain.com, and that's spelled M-C-C-L-A-N-E. So there's no I in my McLean name. So check that out. Well... As always, you know, I'm praying for you, so I'm begging you, please, please continue to pray for my family. Until next time, may God richly bless you. God bless. SQPN, the best in Catholic podcasting.